You're listening to Wings All Access right here on NLL.com. And now, Wings play-by-play man, Dave Walls. Week 8 is upon us, and we welcome you to another episode of Wings All Access here on NLL Radio. A big thank you to those of you who subscribe on iTunes. Do it now if you haven't done so already. And also to those of you who listen on Stitcher Radio. Hi, everybody. Dave Walls here, play-by-play man for your Philadelphia Wings. John Barchard, well, he's not with us this week as he is on a romantic Valentine's Day trip to Newark, New Jersey. And I hear it's just lovely this time of year i know i have no idea where john is but you know he's busy with work and we'll hear from him in the picks later on the show got a little bit to talk about this week as your wings had a double header in week seven their last back-to-back weekend of the season and after the way this one went i think the team would be just fine with that let's go ahead and run down the score sheets Meatloaf. Shot and score! Kevin Crowley! It's time for the score sheet. As on Friday night, your wings went up to the Air Canada Center to face the Toronto Rock, a game that I unfortunately not only made my pick, I made my power pick for week seven. And yeah, you know, looking back, maybe not the smartest pick, but there were a couple things going in my favor that I thought uh, might work out. One, while Toronto, yes, is undefeated at home, they're winless away from the Air Canada Center. And the Wings, I have won their last three coming into this one at the ACC. So I thought maybe one of those streaks had to bend, and I thought Philadelphia's offense was rolling, and I can stop justifying this pick now. As we go into the Air Canada Center, Tracy Koleski actually gets it started for Philadelphia, giving them their only when <laughs> their only lead of the game at one to nothing. And then it's three straight goals by Toronto to close out the quarter. Garrett Billings with two of them. Yes, we'll talk about him. Garrett at 313 on the power play at 1403, mixed in with a Colin Doyle power play goal, and it is 3-1, but certainly not a blowout first period. So he moved to the second, and hang on, here we go. Stefan LeBlanc, 20 seconds in, makes it 4-1. Now, two straight goals within a uh, 40-second period. Ryan Ward on the power play, and then Pat Saunders, continuing his hot play, gets one to make it a 4-3 game for the Rock. And then that's about as close as it gets as Philadelphia gives up a 7-2 run to the Rock here as uh, Toronto goes off for three goals in 50 seconds. Casey Beers, Ethan O'Connor unassisted, and then Rob Hellier making it 7-3. Kevin Crowley gets one at 448, and we'll talk about him. He had a much better weekend here despite the Wings' outcome. 448, Kevin Crowley makes it a 7-4 game. 20 seconds later, it's Brody Merrill on the nice break from New, new signee Roger Vice and Ryan Ward. That makes it 7-5, but four straight Toronto goals with Scott Johnson, Colin Doyle, Garrett Billings, first half hat trick. You know, a lot of people would just be happy with the hat trick. Garrett goes off for our first half hat trick, and that's not even the story of the night. We'll talk more. The real backbreaker to me, though, is with 3.7 seconds left, Colin Doyle gets a goal on the empty on the extra attacker, I should say. And that goes into 11-5 at the half. And just like you've seen and heard in plenty of NLL games before, giving up a goal in the first minute of the period and the last minute of the period are truly backbreakers because they set the tone for what's to come. Well, Toronto did both of that in the second quarter, and yeah, it continued into the third as Garrett Billings gets number four, 58 seconds in, making it 12-5. 
And then cue the Benny Hill music. Here we go, folks. Uh, Tracy Koluski, I will uh, give him a uh, uh, round of applause as Koluski gets career point number 800 in this game. A goal at 157 makes it a 12-6 Toronto game. Stefan LeBlanc uh, gets one at 328. Pat Saunders gets a shorty at 422, but then it's Beers. Beers, LeBlanc. LeBlanc again on the power play. And then just before the end of the third quarter, Kevin Crowley gets another one at 13-14, but you go into the end of the third, 16-8, not even close. Goaltender roulette for Philadelphia as uh, Brandon Miller gets welcomed back <laughs> to Philadelphia after signing the previous day, and he and Evan Kirk just go back and forth, back and forth. Uh, Kirky ends up uh, giving up 11 goals on 24 shots on goal, while Brandon Miller gives up nine goals on 25 shots on goal. So neither really had an answer to shut down this Toronto offense, more specifically uh, Garrett Billings. It was just a Billings coming out party as going into the fourth quarter. Uh, Billings gets number five at 38 seconds. And then right again at 102, it's the sock trick. Garrett Billings gets goal number six. It's 18 to eight. And then pretty much that's all she wrote. Kevin Crowley does get the hat trick at 127. Then it's Beerns Koluski again with a, another good night for Tracy Koluski. He gets the hat trick in the losing effort. And then Casey Beerns wraps it up to put it at 20 to 10. You're going to notice I didn't spend a lot of time talking about it. That's because it was just not that pretty a game, folks. Sometimes. It just happens like that, and uh, unfortunately for Philadelphia, it did here. Again, highlights for Philadelphia. Kaluski gets career goal, a uh, career point, I should say, number 800, gets the hat trick. Uh, Kevin Crowley had a fantastic night. In fact, one of his goals made the uh, TLN Top 10 highlight uh, package of the week as he got a really nice uh, diving crease shot there. And uh, really, it looked like Kevin was finally taking it to the net a little bit more and picking his shots a little more carefully. He did take 12 on the night, but we saw more physical play from Kevin Crowley. He was able to create some space for himself, and I really liked uh, what Kevin was able to do here, and he continued it into the next day. We'll talk about that for Toronto. Really quick, Garrett Billings, what a beast. Uh, 12 points on the night, six goals, the sock trick, and six assists as well. Also, hat tricks from uh, Colin Doyle, Stephen LeBlanc with four, Casey Beers with four. You know what? Just throw it all away. There you go. Or just throw that all away. Oh, that feels so good just to get rid of that score sheet. So let's just, you know, sometimes the best thing to do is just rip the Band-Aid, get it over with, you know, get rid of the pain, and then just move on to the next night. As the following night in Philadelphia, good-sized crowd on hand at the Wells Fargo Center, saw number 66 Jake Berge get his uh, retirement ceremony, his jersey number is now up in the rafters up with Dallas Elliott and Hollywood Tom Marichek. Now, hopefully, the next stop for Jake Berge is the NLL Hall of Fame. And you fans out there listening, I said it before in the summer edition of Wings All Access, I want Jake Berge in the NLL Hall of Fame. There is no reason that a man who had the size of Jake Berge, who had that scoring ability, you know, you see a lot of players in the NLL nowadays who have the scoring ability, but they don't have the strength and the power that number 66 had. If you saw the NLL back in those days and you saw the ability he had to bowl people over, get physical when it mattered, drop the gloves when it mattered, but yet still had the scores touch. In fact, one of the best ones, he had a game against Rochester, and I believe it was 2000 or 2001, where he took a beautiful feed pass on the breakaway, and here comes Jake Berge trucking down the field, looking like a linebacker, and then puts the brakes on, tiptoes around the crease, and then buries one right into the back of the net. It's a fantastic clip. you got to go find that one. It's on YouTube, I know. But Jake Berge, time and time again, showed 
that he was the complete package and he was one of the greatest wings of all time. There's no reason Jake Berge should not be in the Hall of Fame. And I'll say it as many times as I need to until we see him with a plaque at the Hall of Fame. But moving back to this game. So Jake gets his retirement ceremony and a great crowd on hand for that. And then it's the number one defense in the NLL, the undefeated Edmonton Rush. And it was a game that I don't want to say didn't have a lot of excitement to it, because certainly when you have two high caliber teams like Edmonton and Philadelphia, it had a lot of excitement to it. But Edmonton's defense was stifling all game long. Let's start first into the first quarter. Chris Corbeil gets his first of the game at 218, followed by uh, just 19 seconds later on the break, Jeremy Thompson. Uh, back-to-back goals there. It is two to nothing. Edmonton. Tracy Koleski gets one on the power play at 646. Beautiful feed from Kevin Crowley that time as Crowley is able to find Koleski breaking towards the net and just a beautiful pass in order to feed it to him. Makes it a 2-1 game. However, again, Riley Lowen's going to get two goals in quick fashion. Boom, boom. Power play at 11.35 and then again at 12.47. It's 4-1 at the end of one, but even then, it didn't necessarily feel that close because Edmonton had really clamped down on Philadelphia's ability to not just get a good shot on goal, but to get a real quality scoring attempt. Yeah, Philadelphia could shoot the ball from the outside a little bit, but nine times out of ten, we saw Philadelphia just relegated to one shot with no chance of a second or third uh, chance play on offense. Meanwhile, Edmonton uh, did a great job of scoring in bunches. When they got one, they were able to capitalize off the faceoff and get a second one, and that was the key here in the first quarter. Again, uh, Corbeil and Thompson's goals, 19 seconds apart, and then Riley Lowe and his two goals are a minute and 12 seconds apart. If it's not for that, Philadelphia actually did a pretty good job of controlling Edmonton's offense. Well, uh, when we go down the final scores, we'll show you about that, but it's 4-1 to one here. And then we go to the second quarter. It starts to get a little out of hand as Curtis Knight with a nice goal at 6-14, followed by Robert Church at 13-17, makes it 6-1. Kyle Sweeney, well, he gets Philadelphia talking here and going into the half. Billy player got checked up high in the head. Referee says, let it go. Sweeney has the ball near side. He shoots and scores! 3.9 seconds left to go. And Kyle Sweeney, there was action behind the play as Sticks got up on both sides near the Edmonton bench, and everybody on the field got distracted, save for Kyle Sweeney. Picks up the ball, throws it in, power play goal, it's now 6-2. Just under four seconds left, Sweeney on the power play makes it a 6-2 game going into the half. That goal would be reviewed very close, but we both agree that it was a good goal. So you go into the half, 6-2, and again, Edmonton's defense is the story of this game, and I saw, I was really happy to read online later that you know, fans who know the game understood what they were seeing. It wasn't uh, that the Philadelphia Wings were not trying. It was that really this is an elite defense that the type that NLL fans have not seen the caliber of in a very, very long time, if ever. I mean, honestly, I think this is one of the best defenses that we've seen in the NLL, at least to this point of the season. If they're able to continue this up into the postseason, this is a very scary team that I don't think anyone wants to mention. Anybody wants to face. I don't think anybody really wants to even mention about possibly facing. Looking down here into the third and fourth quarter, not a lot of scoring. Kevin Crowley, in fact, gets the only goal for either team at 209. Beautiful power play goal with assists from Roger Weiss and Tracy Kaluski. Makes it 6-3 to three going into the fourth. Yeah, low scoring game. Uh, still, Philadelphia is, is staying in it. You're going to realize Mark Matthews has not been mentioned yet. He was virtually shut down in this game. We didn't see anything also from Alex Turner, Corey Conway so far has been held without a goal. 
And it's been the goaltending of Aaron Bold and this defense from Edmonton that has been able to survive, you know, their own low sco goal scoring output. Moving into the fourth, Pat Saunders continues the momentum. 40 seconds in, another good weekend for Pat with two more goals for him. This makes it a 6-4 game. And then, unfortunately, it comes apart here for Philadelphia a little bit as Curtis Knight gets the unassisted notch at 136. That makes it 7-4. And then finally, the big backbreaker, Robert Church at 916. That makes it an 8-4 game. And then, of course, only five minutes left. Fans are going, all right, four goals in five minutes. The Normally in an NLL game, not completely unheard of, but with the way this Edmonton defense was playing, yeah, he didn't have he didn't have a lot of confidence moving forward. Philadelphia made a nice run at it. Crowley gets his second of the night at 11:32 from Ryan Ward, eight to five, and then on the extra attacker, clock running low, four three, got to shoot wide. Here's a shot and a score. Ryan Ward with 1:34 to go in the fourth, and the Wings. Strike back again on the extra attacker. It's now eight to six. It's Ryan Ward himself, the former rush player uh, from Saunders and Kyle Buchanan, making it eight to six. But unfortunately, Edmonton was just too good at burning out the clock and a late loose ball violation, I should say, on Chad Wiedmeyer helps burn out the remaining seconds on the clock and it gives Edmonton the eight to six win. Yeah, and net for Edmonton, Aaron Bold, 32 saves, and he didn't see a lot of ball. Again, only uh, seeing 38 shots on goal. But what Aaron Bold did very well, he first of all, he's got an elite defense in front of him that really kept a lot of shots away. But Philadelphia, when they did shoot, he had a nice wide path to see the shot. And when he was called on to make the good save, he was able to give the little shoulder shrug, uh, shrugs and uh, knock the ball away with his arm. He really kept it to one and done for Philadelphia, and that was extremely key for this Edmonton victory. But looking on the score sheet, yeah, Mark Matthews, the rookie of the year last year, beast right now, no goals, one assist. Alex Turner, the former wing, no goals. Corey Conway, no goals. In fact, it's uh, Curtis Knight, Riley Lowen, and Robert Church, who get six out of the eight goals for Edmonton. For Philadelphia, yeah, not a lot to talk about over there as well. Crowley, the leading scorer there. Two goals and an assist for Kevin. Five goals on the weekend, though. And I'm really encouraged because, you know, I'm the first one. You can go back and listen. I'm the first one to go back and say, you know, Kevin Crowley has not had a great 2014. You know, he's uh, he's taken a lot of shots, but the defense has been able to focus in on him, take away his space. And when he doesn't have that space to really get ahead of steam going, you know, it's been a, a rough go for Kevin. This weekend, I felt like Kevin created some more space for himself. He was willing to dive down to the crease a little bit more, and he was really able to pick his shots a lot better. And I thought Kevin really had a good weekend, and I'm very hopeful that this is something that continues up into week eight. Also, uh, another goal and assist from Pat Saunders, who's uh, just been doing work down there on the left-hand side. Ryan Ward with a goal late. Kyle Sweeney with that halftime goal. And also Tracy Kaluski, and with another good night for him, one and one. In net, though, uh, Evan Kirk, you know, 39 saves and a loss, uh, but really, uh, Evan did a fantastic job. He was called upon several times to make some really key saves for Philadelphia down the stretch, helping to keep it at an 8-6 to six game. And this is an Edmonton team we've seen blow out other teams before. So an 8-6 to six loss, yeah, it hurts because you'll lose the weekend, but in the long sense of the word, I, I'm kind of encouraged, and I know I'm the half-glass full guy, but... An 8-6 loss against a defense like this that you were also able to control the big guns that they have on offense. I don't know. There's something about it that says, you know what, we're going to be okay. But the Wings with another big test in front of them this weekend as they head up to the first Niagara Center to face those pesky Buffalo Bandits. We've got plenty to talk about with that. Why don't we go ahead and get into the picks, everybody? Mm -hmm. 
gentlemen, it's time for the picks. Here, the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Rack those Jesus up, everybody. Five big ways to win big this week, as uh, I do have John Barchard's pick. Again, I think John Barchard is now actually, he's just texting me, he says he's not staying in Newark anymore. Oh, he's staying at the lovely uh, Sheraton Five Points in Staten Island. Oh, John knows all the romantic spots on Valentine's Day weekend. We hope he's enjoying wherever he is right now. But I do have his picks here, and we will be getting to those. Uh, I also did an unofficial count. As you Wings All Access fans know, I'm not having the best the best season, that is, with the picks, as I am down currently seven points to John Barchard, seven boxes of Jesus. So this is hopefully the weekend where I make up some ground here. But let's go down five big ways to win big as here we go. First of all, one Friday night game. It's a nine o'clock Eastern time start on the NLL Network, the Vancouver Stealth versus the Colorado Mammoth. Uh, I will go ahead and start this one. Uh, Colorado and Vancouver. You know, again, I feel like we've seen this game, you know, maybe about 20 times already. These two teams have already faced each other a bunch. Good Western Division battle. And uh, this one is in the Loud House. And I feel like Vancouver is due for one. It's, uh, just at a certain point, you got to, if you're a Vancouver fan, you got to go, enough is enough. You know, we got we got Reese Dutch, we got Tyler Digby, we got Lewis Ratcliffe, we've got all these pieces on offense, and they're in the middle of a five-game losing streak. But the over with this Colorado team, I just think Colorado has their number. I say the mammoth take this one. I think Vancouver gets a little bit of their swagger back this week, but I say it's a one-goal loss at 13 to 12. 13 to 12 mammoth over the stealth moving to John Barchard. And he's right alongside me here. In fact, he picks, uh, he says Vancouver doesn't get as much swagger back as I think they do. And he picks a 13 to 9 win for the Mammoth over the Stealth. Well, there you go there. So we both picked the Mammoth over the Stealth. Now we move to the Saturday action. Four big ways to win big there. Let's go ahead and pull that up. As we have three games starting early, one game going late, we move to the 7 o'clock start time at the Air Canada Center. Ooh, big Eastern Division matchup as it's the Rochester Nighthawks moving into the Air Canada Center to face the Toronto Rock. Uh, Rochester 4-2 and two on the season, Toronto 3-3. Three and three. John Barcher will start this one, and he looks over it and he says, yeah, Rochester, always a tough team, but Toronto undefeated in the ACC, and he doesn't see it stopping. He says Toronto over the Nighthawks, 10-9, close battle. I will go ahead and start this one, and it's going to go one of two ways as far as the scoring goes. It's going to be one of those classic Rochester low-scoring battles, or Toronto at home can keep up the scoring that they put up against Philadelphia. You know, Garrett Billings second overall in the league with points at 44. You know, and in fact, uh, Garrett is on pace right now. If he continues at the pace he's at, he's on pace to break John Grant Jr.'s single season record of 112 points in a season that was set back in 2012. I always have a hard time picking against the Hawks, but going up into the Air Canada Center, Yeah, I like Toronto in this one as well. I'm going to say Garrett Billings at least gets three or four in this one. I'm going to go ahead and say 12 to 10 Toronto. Yeah, I I think it's going to be a little bit more high scoring, but I think Rochester is going to be able to rope a dope them back into at least cooling their their offensive output just a little. But we both pick Rochester we both pick Rochester to lose up at the Air Canada Center. I say 12-10 and JB goes 10 to 9. Moving down 7 p.m. start time at the Excel Energy Center. It's the undefeated Edmonton Rush 6 and 0. They go in to face the Minnesota Swarm. Okay. 
Well, uh, John Barchard, I'll start with him first on this one. And he he was supremely impressed with what he saw out of the Edmonton rush. He says there is absolutely no way that this Minnesota team even stands a chance of this one. Edmonton easily over the Minnesota Swarm. 12-8 to eight is your score there. And okay, so I'm going to start here. I got to take this on a week-by-week basis as, yes, Edmonton is 6-0. and I've just sat here and told you that they've got arguably the best defense in the league. Only if Edmonton is able to do this, they would be only the third team ever to start off a season 7-0 and in NLL history. And the one thing that concerns me if I'm an Edmonton fan is that my offensive output has gone down since starting 3-0. and Yeah, they started off hot against Colorado, putting up 13, 17, and 15. And then all of a sudden, it's 9-8, to 8-7, to 8-6. And I know if you're a championship team, those are the kind of games that you win. However, there's something about this Minnesota team that they've been ga- I know they're 1-5, but they have been gaining momentum, gaining momentum. And they've been, they've been putting the little things together. And eventually, a young team like this Minnesota team is, is going to start to figure it out. And, oh, the gambler in me. Oh, I, I, I'm ready to roll the dice. I'm going to go for the huge upset this week. I'm going to say the Minnesota Swarm. They put the first one in the L column for the Edmonton Rush. Oh, I'm having a hard time picking this one because I want to come back in the Cheez-Its. But my gut is telling me Minnesota at home is going to take it over the Edmonton Rush. And I will say it is a 9-8 to eight victory for Minnesota. Oh, boy. I, I got the shivers down my spine like, oh, geez, did you really just do that? I did. Nine to eight, Minnesota. Well, mark it down. Please, Minnesota, don't let me down on this one. They put the first L in the column for the Edmonton Rush. All right, moving on. Uh, Philly and Buffalo played 730. We'll save that to last. Moving out west to the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. It is the Vancouver Stealth, and they will be facing their – in fact, it's a back-to-back weekend for the Stealth. They will be facing the Calgary Roughnecks. I will start this one. And finally, for Calgary, it is a breakout party for Curtis Dixon. Got a few in last week, and it looks like Superman is back. He's got the cape on, and he's just ready to take flight. And Vancouver is going to come in tired because they go from Colorado back up to Calgary. That is a long weekend for the Vancouver Stealth. And I know they're not going to lose this forever, but I just don't think this is a game that Vancouver is able to compete with Calgary. And I'm going to say it's going to be the Roughnecks. I say they take it 14 to 11 over the Stealth. Again, this is a weekend of improvements for Vancouver. Just not a weekend for wins, quite frankly, as Calgary's been trying to put the pieces together all season long. And now with Curtis Dixon starting to score a little bit more, I think Calgary's going to make a statement in this weekend. Moving to John Barcher. And yeah, short and sweet. John's right alongside me with this one. 13-10, stealth, no other commentary needed. That's that's what John Barcher says. All right, fans, moving finally to uh, our featured game of the week. We'll be live tweeting along. Follow me at Dave Walls. Uh, John is at John Barcher. Or over at Wings All Access. We'll give you scoring updates there as well. Your three and five Philadelphia Wings go up. For the rubber match at the first Niagara Center to face the five and two Buffalo Bandits. John Barchard starts it off first and he says, you know, Dave, the last time the Philadelphia Wings went to the first Niagara Center, it was the start of the season. And Philadelphia made a statement by blowing out the Bandits on their own field. Buffalo will not let that happen a second time. Oh, John, you're killing me. The Buffalo Bandits over the Wings 12 to 10. Oh, I'm so disappointed in you. 
But I understand. The man's got to go with his gut on this one. So uh, JB takes the bandits over the wings 12 to 10. I will go ahead now and pick this one. Philadelphia is in a, I don't want to say this is a must win, but this is as close to a must win as you can get for uh, one big reason. The, the Wings had, of course, the weekend sweep they lost last weekend. They went from 3-3 three and three to 3-5. Three and five. If you Wings fans remember last year, the Wings started off pretty good. They affected, The last couple of years, the Wings have had a good January, maybe even an early February, and then they've had this midseason collapse. I think this is a trend Philadelphia not only wants to avoid, needs to avoid. And Blaine Harrison and company have got to get their guys fired up and say, you know what? There's a big difference between having a four and five record and a three and six record. You know, when you've got Toronto heating it up, Rochester, even though they're kind of in the midst of a slide, they're still at four and two. And you've got the bandits on top and there's only three playoff spots. This is a crucial, crucial matchup for Philadelphia. And I think this is a prime opportunity that the wings have to seize. And I say they're going to fire up the Jets on offense. They're going to go out. Crowley is going to get at least a hat trick in this one. And I say the wing's going to make another statement 14 to 11 in bandit land. Mark it down right there. 14 to 11. Your wings are going to take it over the Buffalo bandits. Moving to the power picks, however. Now, remember, John and I each week have an ability to pick one of these games and make it a, a power pick worth double the cheese. It's, and John says, I will take the power pick option. And he takes the Edmonton rush over the Minnesota swarm by a final score of 12 to eight. So if Edmonton beats the swarm, uh, double the cheese. It's for John Barchard. And I will go ahead and pick this one. And it just because my own personal law is I don't like to pick the same game. John does for the, for the power pick. I always give him the option on that. That's me being a nice guy, which is why I'm probably losing the cheese at battle. Uh, so I will go ahead and make a power pick here. I like the Toronto Rock over the Rochester Nighthawks. There's something about Toronto at home this season. They've got an aura about them. And yeah, maybe it's just after the way they played the wings at home last week. Call me a believer. But yeah, it's going to be a tight battle. But Toronto, in my eyes, is going to defeat the Nighthawks. And that is my power pick on the Toronto Rock. And there you have it, everybody. That does it for this episode of Wings All Access here on NLL Radio. Hey, also want to just let you fans know if you're watching any other NLL games this weekend, in addition to the Wings Buffalo uh, game, make sure to stay tuned at halftime. I've been working with the league. We've been put together uh, some halftime presentations where you can get caught up on the top 10 plays of the week. I've got an NLL halftime show that'll get you caught up on the not only the standings, who's playing who, but also the point leaders and the goaltending staff and everything you need to really be that upper echelon NLL fan that I know you all want to be. So that's NLL Halftime. You can catch it at the half of every NLL game this season. And thanks, everyone, over at the uh, at the league office, uh, George Daniel and Doug Fritz, for allowing me to do that as well. Again, your wings battle the Buffalo Bandits. The game time is 7.30 p.m. on Saturday night, and I will be live tweeting. Just follow me along at Dave Walls and keeping you guys up to date on what's going on there. And you can watch the game at the Lacrosse Network. And don't forget, your wings are back home on Sunday, the 23rd. The Minnesota Swarm are coming to town. We want to see you in the stands. That's where you got to be. Game time's at 4 o'clock on Sunday game, but you know what? They're going to have those really cool Philadelphia Flyer orange and white uniforms, and they're going to be auctioning them off post-game. You know you want to be there for that. Make sure to come on out. Get your tickets at wingslax.com. That does it for us. For everybody at the NLL and the Philadelphia Wings office, my name is Dave Wall saying thanks so much for listening. Enjoy week eight. We will talk to you next week. So long, everybody. 
You've been listening to Wings All Access right here on NLL.com.